Warning, this show has been known to cause certain side effects in listeners and participants alike. Symptoms include a positive outlook on life, wanting to try new things, and a renewed faith in humanity. Enjoy at your own risk. Hey there, and welcome to the I Like to Like Things podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Thanks for joining me. I don't think I have to tell you that the world can be a dark and scary place for us all. And I'm here to help you get through the miasma of that negativity one episode at a time. And to accomplish this, I have a guest tell me about their favorite thing. And we get to share in their enthusiasm. Now the catch is, I can't already be a fan of their thing. However, I've learned that it's easy to like something as long as I had an excited person explaining why their thing was great. So this podcast and all its potential positive feelings is born from that. Now for today's episode, we have one of my new pod friends. It's Craig of the T3 Podcast Network. Craig, how's it going, brother? Good, Chris. Good. I'm excited to be here. I've been waiting to get on for a while, so... This is good, and I binged like 90 episodes in preparation, so I think I'm prepped. <laughs> You're prepped and ready, man. That's great. Mm. I love I love prepping. Yes. I, I will have to say that that episode you had about snakes, I shut that one off, though, because snakes are horrible creatures, <laughs> and I want nothing to do with them. So that one I turned you gotta, off. You got to listen. You got to listen. I don't know. Yeah, you got to listen to the whole episode, I mean, they though. make no sense. Yeah, you got to listen to the whole thing. They, It'll change your mind. They have no legs. I don't understand how they move. Really... They just frightened me to death. <laughs> uh, you, uh, then you know what I say. You really should finish that episode. That it'll, it'll, it'll help you out a little bit. I'll try if, they, if that's where you're at on snakes. Yeah, that was a that all the animal episodes that we've done are they're a blast mm-hmm. because like you think you know something about an animal just from watching, you know, shows on PBS and and National Geographic, right. and you're just like, wow, I'm I am woefully woefully ignorant of these animals <laughs> uh oh we'll go yeah <laughs> uh go ahead and tell everyone about the t3 podcast network uh well we uh we started out um actually as a spin-off of another show the take two podcast um which i know you know some of the people on there as well so we started oh, off yeah. in a spin-up from them and then we started doing so well with our little T3 spinoff. We went into our own network. So we mainly concentrate on a weekly professional wrestling show um, where we talk about wrestling every week or, you know, almost every week when we can get three grown adults with lives and families together to actually record, um, which is never <laughs> easy. <laughs> um, but we've also done a whole bunch of random spinoff ones just because we can. So... We've done, you know, uh, episodes about, like, our favorite movies, our favorite songs. We've done episodes about random recipes we like. Just because it's the beauty of having your own network is you can just do whatever you want. So that's what we've done at least a few times. But our network's only been around since April. But thanks to our back catalog, we have about 300 episodes. So anybody that wants to jump on, you got a whole backlog to fill in. You get the full, I mean, 300 episodes is, is that's epic. That's an yeah, epic amount yeah. <laughs> of episodes. Gosh, I think grand total for me, even with guesting, I don't think I've hit 300 episodes. I'm trying to think. Yeah, the be- the beauty was that have. there was a certain point where all three of our hosts, we actually worked in the same place. So it would be oh. like, hey, we all have lunch. You guys want to go record something during lunch? 
And so yeah. we would drop, you know, two episodes a week. We would do weekend episodes, like, just because it, it was so easy to do. And then, you know, life happened and we all got separated. So it's a lot harder now. Yeah, it's tough. That's that's the... We were all working at the same place, too, when um, when I was doing More Gooder Than, MGT, and with, with Corey and Donnie, and we all worked together. And so whenever we could brainstorm, we could kind of... Um, do it at lunch and then we record yeah, exactly together exactly, yeah. yeah so it makes it really easy to do everything face to face we do like to say i mean because you know we started out when we started doing decided we want to do a show about wrestling it sort of started as a recap like let's talk about what happened this week but we quickly realized like nobody not nobody but the most people that listen to wrestling podcasts already watch it so they already know what happened like we don't have to tell them it's, it's not like a sports center recap. So we realize it's more just talking about what we feel about the storylines, the wrestlers, the shows. Mm-hmm. AEW came around while we've been doing this show. So we got to talk mm-hmm. about all that coming together. You know, we've done a couple of live shows where we've gone to events. Like that's pretty much what it's more about is the wrestling community while you're kind of, let's talk about why this storyline is making a lot of sense and is a lot of fun. And this one's just plain stupid. And how do they get away with this on television and still have millions of viewers? That kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I realized is the close knit um, group that is the that that is the wrestling podcast community. Uh, and and what an incredible fan base! Oh yeah, has. Uh, I was not aware of that until very recently, and then I realized how many people love podcasting and talking about uh, wrestling and and you. Uh, yeah, it's it's a ton of fun, and the the Take Two universe, man, that is one of the biggest podcasting groups now that I, oh, I realize yeah. that now. <laughs> Gosh, between UT three Take Two universe, isn't there a Take a Take Fantasy one too? Isn't there? There a was fantasy? a fantasy thing. There's a the realm of Take Two, so that's all like fantasy stuff, wizards and dragons that's and all it. that. Um, for a while, yeah. me and one of the other hosts, Tony, did Take Two soundtracks where we did monthly episodes just about soundtracks. They have spotlights all about different, you know, actors and stuff like that. So yeah, they, it was one of those Mm -hmm. things like we, we branched off because we were like, Hey, I randomly would talk about wrestling on our weekly movie and TV show. So we decided to branch off. And I mean, it was getting to the point where, you know, that show was getting a couple hundred downloads a week and we were like, well, let's just separate it off into its own thing. And I mean, now, like Mm -hmm. you said, that wrestling podcast community, because we've done a couple of guest spots on various like other wrestling shows, especially in Ireland. It's really big there. For some reason, so we're like, our uh, our biggest claim to fame is at one point a couple weeks ago we were actually the fifteenth most popular wrestling podcast in Ireland, um, based on like the pod that's charts awesome. and all that. So we were like, that's awesome. We don't even live there, and yet somehow we're the fifteenth most popular at least show about wrestling. So we felt we felt some pride in that. <laughs> it is always funny where you find out that you're popular. At. I I'm I'm big in Australia. And uh, <laughs> people, yeah, the Aussies love me, which is great. And I love them. So I go figure. I love them a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I could talk about wrestling, but but sadly, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about your thing. No, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. So, so Craig, my man, what is your thing? My thing to talk about this episode is the 1985 classic, The Breakfast Club, which is probably one of the greatest movies ever, yes. It is, if you ask my father, he will say that's his favorite movie. 
that and that and Moulin Rouge, which is funny. And oh, if you met my, if you'd ever met my dad, that makes no sense why those two movies are his are his favorite. Movie. You meet my dad, you're thinking like John Wayne movies and and like Charles Bronson. Like that's what you're thinking when you when you. And, yeah, but nope, those two. He's a he's a big old he's a big old softy. I have never seen this movie. I haven't even seen anything outside of like the gifts of 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 this movie. Like I know that there's the, my only frame of reference is that my my wife and my daughters are huge fans of Pitch Perfect, and I know okay, well, obviously that, that yes, they should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that they sing the "Don't You Forget About Me" song in the finale because she wanted. He, she, I don't. Anna Kendrick was supposed to watch the movie, and she'd never seen it. So anyway, tell me, why is this your thing, man? Like, have you? Did you? When was the first time you watched it? Um, well, I, I do have to say, first of all, I'm proud of your uh, daughters and your wife. That's that's very good. That at least they have some movie. reference to the movie. It's yes. a very fun movie. And Pitch yeah, Perfect. It's... You don't have to explain anything about Pitch Perfect yeah. to me. I know that movie <laughs> way too well. Um, but I I fell in love with this because I was actually born in, in 1980 itself. So I was five when this came into the theaters. I obviously didn't see it then. But uh, <laughs> rather, around the time I was about nine or ten, I remember I had a babysitter, a, a female babysitter down the street named Bobby. And we walked over to the uh, Loki, local blockbuster video at that point. Um, and uh, rented this movie because she wanted to watch it. And, you know, mm-hmm. my parents went out somewhere and obviously did not care what me and Bobby were doing. So we watched this movie. <laughs> I probably should not have been watching at 9 or 10 years old. That when you do watch it, you'll realize this is not uh, an appropriate movie for a 10-year-old. Um, but I, I saw then and, and fell in love with it then. And that as, you know, this was sort of around the start. I mean, 16 Candles came out first. But this was the start of the John Hughes 16 Candles, you know, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, all those kind of movies that came out. And this is by far, I think, my favorite out of all of those movies. And just over the years of, you know, there was a point in college where I had this on VHS tape and would just constantly have it on while I was studying. Like, instead of music, it would be this, or it would be this soundtrack, or something like that. This just was always part of my life for many, many years. So while I have a seven-year-old daughter and haven't introduced her to this yet, uh, my <laughs> wife has been forced to watch it way too many times, um, and will tell you that she's been forced to watch it way too many times. But I, I hope the appreciation that I have for it is at least sort of being a part of her life. But but you know well, that would be a whole nother episode to talk to her about how much she likes or dislikes this movie. The uh, so you have a seven-year-old daughter now you can explain it to a thirty-seven-year-old man instead. Right. So you're. You're good yeah, to it's go. about the same. It's about the so, same. It's it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same yeah. thing. Like what what was it though? Because like I I have movies that I can watch on repeat too. Like I I'm a massive Indiana Jones fan. I, those can be on yeah. mm-hmm. all day long. Doesn't matter. I could start them over. And my wife Elise, of course, it, it, she's well known for her love of West Wing that she could watch it on loop. She watches. She does watch it on loop, like a podcast. Like you were saying, like you can. You just, like you doesn't have you don't actually have to like watch it you just listen to it and it's it's like, right right so what was it that like made you stay with this movie like is it is it that good it, it's one of those things that it's like the the movie itself like it's it's a very you know like 
simple premise. I mean, the entire premise, even uh -huh. if you have probably never seen the movie, you realize is the idea of five different kids, you know, in Saturday detention at high school, and they're all from different societal groups, you know, the, the athlete, the nerd, the, the popular girl, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, they have nothing in common at the beginning of the Saturday detention, and then, lo and behold, the end of the detention comes, and they realize that they do have things in common. So I, I know going through high school, that was sort of something that I enjoyed about, you know, meeting different people in high school. I had a very large high school, a couple thousand people. And I, I, mm -hmm. I prided myself on the fact that I had many different groups of friends because I had mm -hmm. things in common with some of the athletes, had things in common with some of the nerds, with some of the more popular people. Like I, I, and I enjoyed that there was always something common you could find between somebody if you actually took the time to sat down and talk about it. And I kind of, I think I, I almost based a lot of my high school life on watching this movie at nine years old. And being like, you know, there is something that we can, you know, me and the athlete, you know, who plays football might not get along with me who was on the golf team. But we start talking about 80s wrestlers and all of a sudden we're best friends. Like, that's just a, <laughs> that's just something that, I, you know, I kind of enjoyed. And, and I think it's one of the reasons why I liked the movie so much and just sort of stuck with me. Gosh, that's actually a really uh, ahead of its time mentality for a high schooler too, because I don't think most people realize that you don't have to just be one thing until they're until you graduate from high school. Oh yeah, like you yeah. do you do feel like you're you're in you're cast in a role, you're typecast, and you kind of got to stay in your lane, and you realize like oh wow no you don't you don't have to. Uh, like for me, I had I, same. I, t I totally agree. Like though, when I was in high school, I had a lot of different friends in a lot of different groups because I had a lot of different things. So like I w I played football, I wrestled, but I also did like speech and debate, and I had a lot of friends in mm -hmm. drama and things like that. Like so, you do kind of realize um, like uh, my uh, so that that you do have a lot in common. But like there are certain things that you deny yourself. Um, I felt like I couldn't express myself like uh, like I couldn't like nerdy things. Like you realize right. how mm -hmm. like dumb that is. Like I like I you, it was okay to play video games, but board games or comics or anything like that. Like now, oh my gosh! Like you, you can like, oh, it's all a totally different world it's, now. It's a yeah. totally different world. But I did feel like I had to maintain a certain amount of like coolness. And so I was like, oh no, just just do your sports. Like that's good. Mm -hmm. Just keep doing that. And <laughs> it's so yep, funny. Yep. But yeah, it's good to know that you can uh, you can like lots of different things. It's 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 good. It makes a, a well-rounded non-sociopath. It's really good. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and this I feel. I mean, if you like, kind of look back at this movie from a more you know recent perspective now, like those videos that came out a few years ago, the like it's get it gets better videos that were kind of popular uh -huh. on YouTube. Like that, oh, that's yeah. kind of what this movie was for its time. You know, it was like, really? yeah, because there is, there is no real, like the climax of this movie isn't, you know, the, the assistant principal getting like his comeuppance or them like breaking out of detention or anything. The climax is them all sitting around having almost like a therapy session about how we are all similar and they sort of break down and, you know, you have emotions going like that's, that's the climax. The end of this movie is almost an emotional climax saying that like, you know, it seems high school's rough. It's, you know, being a teenager is, is hard on you mentally, physically, emotionally, but it, it does, there are things that you guys have in common and you just got to talk about it and realize it and life will get better. You'll move on. So 
I, I mean, you know, looking at the movie now as a 40-year-old adult compared to a nine-year-old kid, <laughs> like, that's kind of what I see from it now in that Morris perspective, that it was, you know, without going too far, it was a little ahead of its time. Yeah, and and it's okay, I feel like it's okay that, like, you explain that it's a simple movie. It's not like it's gonna, like, have, like, a, a Shyamalan and twist in the middle of it. Um, no, no. Like, they're all, they're all dead. So I think right. it's okay to... <laughs> exactly. They're all in one guy's dead head. the whole yeah. time. This is purgatory. And, like, that's what detention is. Uh, <laughs> okay. I I'm I think I'm fairly familiar with John Hughes films, but I I don't know... So, is Uncle Buck a John Hughes film? Is that John it is. Hughes? Well, I thought this might come up. So I have an, okay. an entire list. Yes. The I, hear the, I hear the paper. <laughs> I hear the paper, hear the paper rustling, yes. Rustling, like, right, let me check They're my right. notes. I love it. This is great. That That, is, that um, is a guest right there. So it depends on how deep you want to go into John Hughes, because if you go written and directed by him, like The Breakfast Club was, Uncle Buck mm. is included in that. I mean, that list is okay. Bre- Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Like, that's, that's written and directed by him. You start going into just written, and that's when it goes way off the rails and you start getting into everything you know that basically came out in the 80s to 90s i've seen a ton of so i've seen i've seen i've seen uncle buck i i love uncle buck one of my favorite movies oh yeah of course absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it uncle Mm -hmm. buck weird science plain strange and automobiles did you say pretty in pink is that one of them that was he wrote that one but he did not direct that one okay Uh, but yeah 16 candles he also did uh Curly Sue, which you know nobody oh. recognizes as a good movie. So. No, that movie is so sad. That movie was <laughs> oh, depressing. it's incredibly sad. Yeah, it's it's not it's not Drop Dead Fred switcheroo because no, like you no. like when you go to see Curly Sue, like you were thinking like oh this is gonna be a fun movie about a funny right. like a precocious little girl right. and you're like oh this no is, this is no this is heartbreaking no. this is and not then, this is like, not Annie like there's no singing at the end of this <laughs> yeah. one. And then and then uh, and then Drop Dead Fred is in that same vein where you think you're gonna go see a, a fun like romp and then no it ends up being like a serious discussion about mental health and yeah. abuse like it's it is a it is a brutal brutal movie. I feel that's a very underrated movie by the way Drop Dead Fred. Like people either I, I, saw I could... it and like realized it or it just never was on their radar and yeah we we saw it I remember going. There was a time, like, this kind of goes with it. I, I don't want to be tangential, but, like, there was a time that, like, we saw every movie that came out during the summer. That's what my mom did. Oh, we loved oh it. yeah. We went to the yeah. movies. Yeah. And so if there was a movie that came out basically from around, like, 1989 all the way through to probably, gosh, until I graduated from high school. Like, all through there, um, like, yeah. we saw every movie that came out ever. Like, all of them. As long as it was, like, yeah. something that was, like... Uh, and, like, your child of the 80s didn't have to be fully appropriate. We still went and saw no. it. No, Because <laughs> no. we're in the 80s. I mean, and, and we, a lot yeah. of times it would be we went to the mall where the movie theater was. And then right. you looked right. to see what movie was playing. And you just worked your evening and be like, all right, well, we can, well, this is not playing for an hour. Let's go get tickets. We'll go grab something to eat and then we'll come back and watch right. it. Right. You know, like that, that was, that was a very different time than it is now. You don't pre-buy yeah. tickets oh, and pre-pick your seats and all that sort of stuff. Like, oh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think it's amazing because I was the guy that would oh, wait in line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like I would be the guy that would wait in line and I was like, oh, I can just get my seat. 
That's oh, it's so great that's now. Amazing. I can pick it. <laughs> I can pick. Yeah. I can pick it. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we and then double features. That was something that would would happen. And I I can't remember what Drop Dead Fred was the double feature for, but it was probably Mrs. Doubtfire. I swear, Mrs. Doubtfire was the double feature for every movie. I mean, um, that would make it's sense. The, yeah. It, yeah. All right, so so. John Hughes films, I, if I remember correctly, aren't they all set like in some weird fictional town in Illinois? Yeah, they're always set in Illinois. Yeah, this uh, I believe Sherman, Illinois is where most of them are set. This is Sherman High School, at least, where the Breakfast Club takes place. So it's basically all in that general area. And I mean, this this movie, the Breakfast Club movie, was slated to be his first one, his first uh, directorial debut, because it's, it basically takes place in one room. It takes place in the library. There's a few scenes okay. of them throughout That's the hallway cool. of the school, but it's you know it's five it's a five person cast inside a library like that's kind of you know it's almost a play to that extent and so a lot of and a lot of his movies as it started you know as he started to do more you get into things like planes trains and automobiles obviously he branches out from that but you know he sort of started with this more smaller cast smaller you know scenery to kind of work with it that way. Gosh, that is what a tight script then. I mean, that is a tight script. Oh yeah, to be oh able yeah. To pull. Mm-hmm. And and you were saying about the soundtrack, like how many like is this? I know there's the "Don't You Forget About Me." I, I know right, that right. one. Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. are there other songs playing throughout the whole thing, or is it just kind of a? Uh... Yeah, there's there's only it's only a ten song soundtrack, and it's actually okay. only five lyrical songs, like you know five singles, and the rest are five like score music that are through okay. it. and they you know they do a good job just as somebody who's enjoys soundtracks they do a good job of you know don't you forget about me and then score song and then another lyrical song and then score song so it goes back and forth on the soundtrack itself which you know when i had the cassette tape of it was something i enjoyed so you could get that kind of stuff you're just speaking my language because like i there, i love a good soundtrack it's something that me and my middle brother who i did a podcast an episode with a couple couple episodes ago but um like we used to have uh, when iPods were still a thing, we had like we would get movie soundtracks and we would play like guess that song, and I still do oh, that with my oh, kids yeah. to this day. And I do that and, with like, myself same, with my iPhone right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I do that with the fam, and they they they've been they've been getting really really good. My kids like they they really get it. But yeah, you're saying cassette tape. I oh, I, I I love my cassette cassette player. I mean, obviously. It were like I would not go back to that, but I wouldn't go back no, to that in no, a million not years. At all. But not it's at nostalgic. All. But at the time, it was you know I I appreciated it for what it was, um, and right. and oh, so man. I I personally do this thing where for the past probably about that ten years, um, me and a couple other friends we would always get together on New Year's Day, and part of the getting together was you would bring a like a mix CD that you made of that year. Like these are the songs you listened what? to throughout the year. Um, so we oh, would all come and, you, you know, however many people are at the party, you'd make that many copies, you know, so everybody goes home with 10, 15 CDs to listen to. And I mean, I want to say almost, and it's not just, these are the songs that came out this year that I enjoyed. It's always supposed to be, these are the songs that I used to listen to on repeat throughout this year. So it could be a song from the Breakfast Club soundtrack, which it often was. You know, and it was just like, well, this year I just decided, you know, I really wanted to listen to like We're Not Alone by Carly DeVito. And I just decided this was a great song. So I listened to it like a dozen times during the summer of, you know, 2005. So it ends up on my mix CD for that year. And I, I mean, out of the five lyrical songs, these all five of these have been on that 
yearly mix CD at least once. You could still do that with with streaming too. Just like, oh, here's oh, yeah. my here. Yeah, that's uh, gosh, I'm absolutely. Let me write that down. Steal this from Craig. <laughs> this is a fantastic yeah. idea to do. Uh, that's that is an incredible idea. Yeah, I mean, especially because I've gotten plenty of music that I've never heard of just from doing this stupid little game. You know, every New Year's Day, like it's great. Is there still? like a nostalgia factor let's say that someone was going to watch this movie as they're older like like obviously mm, like 37 I'm, I'm yeah. 20 yeah i'm almost 20 years removed from high school now is it still going to be something that someone could enjoy for the first time just because it's that solid of a movie or i'm i mean i think it yeah it's one of those movies that somehow um and it sounds a little, little cliche but it's somehow like timeless yet at the same time like mm -hmm. perfectly of the time it was made like it makes sense in in the eighty, you know, in nineteen eighty five when it got made. But I mean, you know, the mm -hmm. the five archetypes in here: the the popular girl, the the weirdo basket case, the criminal, the nerd, and the athlete. Like that's still, you know, social structure in a high school today. Right. So if you updated right. the music, like if you just changed it from eighties songs by you know Simple Minds and Wang Chung, and instead put in things by like newer artists you could probably get away with uh -huh. having this movie now and and Gosh, you know yeah kids today wouldn't even notice it that much they just wouldn't recognize the people in it <laughs> i it's it's molly ringwald and i uh, emilio estevez is in it right is yes right? he is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you, you want me to keep trying to go i think i was no anthony i wasn't michael see hall you, is in anthony it. michael hall yep. yeah yeah mm -hmm. and then ali sheedy ali sheedy right exactly and you got one more left we just because we just we just watched uh, uh, Short Circuit for the first time. Oh, with the I love kids Short and, Circuit. And I, like, I love Short Circuit. Which and, they're remaking, uh, which I don't know if you should really remake that movie, but you know that's a whole other topic of conversation. There's some problematic things in the in the first one, so it would be right. good to remake it. So that you mean yeah, the, good. you mean the guy uh, who built the robot that's not actually of that ethnicity? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's problematic, and even though it's funny if you ask him where he's from. In that movie, he says, "Oh, I'm from Bakersfield, which is right. which is where I live." So <laughs> yeah. it always was a fun. It's fun, um, and then I don't know the name of the dude with the. I know he has a scarf. It's like Judge or oh, Judd, close. Yep, right? Judd Nelson. Okay. Judd Nelson. Yep. Mm -hmm. What's the name of the dude from Vice Versa? What's What's that guy's name? And he oh. he, he was in. What's his name? Yeah. Isn't his name isn't his name Judge? Ju yes, Judge Judge Reinhold. That's his name. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. I got those names mixed <laughs> there up. There is it's an like actor the, out uh, there named Judge, yes. Yeah, it's like Dermot Dermot Mulroney and Dylan McDermott. Yeah, they're they're it's just like, the same guy. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who's your who's your favorite character? Does that switch from time to time? Uh, like, it it probably has has switched over the now you know thirty five years this movie has been out in twenty twenty. Uh -huh. um, but you know over the time I've been watching it, it's definitely switched over time. I mean, I would like to say that like I was cool and you know a badass like uh, like the criminal Judd Nelson, but I'm I'm not like I, I wasn't you know like. I'd probably fit more into a mixture of the the athlete and the uh, the brain, you know, the nerd Anthony Michael Hall, like, uh -huh. you know, and and I think that's one of the things you get from watching the movie, like you realize, especially you know if you're watching it now, you realize like in high school, you're right, you you fit yourself into this role, into this category that you mm -hmm. felt you kind of had to, 
But when you step back and you're like, oh, like you, you never really were that one thing, no matter what no. your school or your friends tried to get you to be, like you were always a mix of something. You just didn't know it until much later in life. Gosh, no wonder it hits home. It probably sp it's able to speak to a ton of different people. Oh yeah, everybody's able to identify with somebody. Isn't it funny? I yeah. I really liked high school. I I had a, I had a good high school experience, and I would I, but I'm not one of those guys that would say like oh I, I, the glory days man like I got I wish I could go back. I would never go back in a million years. Never. But I liked high school. I did enjoy my high school time. My wife did too. We we both had nice high school times. Uh, but it's so funny how unimportant so many of the things you like were so you held so dear. You know, like, like, like I was, I, I realized I went out today in sandals and socks and, uh, somehow the world didn't crumble around me and my wife stopped loving me, uh, because my sandals right. and socks were, yeah. So. <laughs> right, right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those, those type of things. Yeah. And, and like, that's, that's one of the things about this movie. Like it, you know, because it was it was obviously made, you know, it was written and directed by John Hughes, but it, it somehow isn't a movie, like, made by an adult who's trying to make a movie for teens. It's not, like, made by an adult mm -hmm. who's trying to make a movie about teenagers, like, for teenagers. Like, he somehow was able to tap into, like, no, this is, especially in 85, this is what teenagers were. I mean, you're, yes, your world would crumble mm -hmm. if somebody saw you outside in socks and sandals when you're 16, 17 years old. You know, like he—he he somehow was able to tap into that in this time, being like, you know, they're all in detention for various things, but like, you know, one of them is a bully. You know, the athlete Emilio Estevez is a bully. You know, and he ends up taping somebody's butt cheeks together, which is why <laughs> he gets horrible. in horrible. trouble. You know, yeah. and has to go to detention. And but yeah. that is like a that is like a monumental thing. Oh, it's horrible! It's horrible. And he breaks down at one point, talking about how, you know, he did it. He thought it was funny. You know, because his dad has been putting pressure on him to, like, be a star athlete. He's actually a wrestler in here. So, you know, you might be able to, you know, combine with him on that and, and feel his pain. But, you know, all that sort of stuff. And But he goes into, like, how bad he felt about it. He didn't want to do it. But, you know, his dad keeps pushing him. You got to win. You got to be popular. Like, I, it's, it's stories that are probably still happening today in a lot of high schools. And you just don't even get into right. it, you know, because you forget about it. You grow up and you forget about what a big deal all this stuff was then. It is so funny as you get older and you start saying, people start saying the things like, ah, oh, this generation, this, this generation, that. It's all the same. Everybody's still just dealing with the same. It's, it's all, all the same. same. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's all the like, same. It, like, oh, it's just... For one, I'm actually like looking forward to uh, the next generation taking over because if my daughters are any any indication, then yeah, we're in, we're heading in a good direction. So, <laughs> like they're already they're already oh, yeah, better than yeah. me. Like I'm big 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 fans, big big fans of them. So, uh, oh, big, yeah, big fan, yeah. Because even even in this movie, I mean, you know, talking about remakes because they've been talking about remaking it for years. I, this is probably something that could. You know, it would benefit from a, a, a remake or a reimagining of it because it, it is very uh, waspy in the. You know, oh yeah. It's, it's five straight, five straight white guys right. and girls. You know, with a white vice principal and a white mm. janitor, like you know, talking about their problems and you know, there's a there's a word or two used in the movie that is no longer appropriate today, but in a PG-13 movie in 1985, it's really right. fine. You know, so there is some things that can be changed you know but the basic storyline i think is you know anybody can watch this movie that's on high school right. now and pull something from it yeah see it is tough because i i'm not an anti-remake guy 
Uh, but there are some movies I feel mm-hmm. like there's just no reason to remake it. If people talk about like the the main one I always think about is Back to the Future. It, that movie is still yes. that movie mm-hmm. is still like loved and it's timeless and right. people the the generation that grew up with it is still like alive and kicking and is has money. So there's no re- they're not going to go see this remake. Yeah. Um but I'm not anti remake. I just it, like you got to th- you got to think is it is this necessary? Is it necessary to remake this yeah. or would you just yeah. do fine with a re-release? And um but I understand everything's a business and that's fine. But uh yeah, reboot, remakes, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Okay, so do you I do you have anything else written down on your papers? Like do you have like I know you have I heard notes rustling. Uh what you got? Oh there's 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 plenty. There's plenty of notes on here. I mean it was and one of the reasons that they let John Hughes sort of do it was it was a one million dollar budget. To make the whole movie because like we talked about it's yeah. in one room it's five at that point unknown teen actors you know they weren't really all that popular so and uh so he did you know they and they worked on it a lot from everything that um you know that they they did they actually apparently had been workshopping it for almost three or four months before they actually filmed it you know so a lot of the a lot of the scenes if you look at research like it says it was you know it was, it was quote unquote ad-libbed but it wasn't like it was ad-libbed on camera it was we worked on this and we worked out what we were going to say for three, four months before we kind of got it perfect. Like a, like a Martin Scorsese oh. kind of ad lib where it's ad libbed, but we also shot it 15 times <laughs> till we got it right. But we, ad, we you know, this is still right. an ad lib. Like, oh, that's so interesting. Um, so like, it was just you know, to get like a gelling of the people together basically too. Just like, how do you interact with each other? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So good. Exactly, and and like I like I mentioned in our pre-show pre-show text that we had, um, like I already have a list of facts for you to read once you were done watching the oh. movie, like different people that they plan to cast in it and stuff like that, which will make sense, you know, once you watch it and stuff like that. But one of the things that did happen that they talked about on set was because they'd been working so much on this, the guy who plays the janitor in here, um, you know, is one of the few adults in the movie. He at one point during the scene says, you know, you guys are. You guys are almost getting too into this. You're you're like falling into the characters. Like, don't don't fall into the character because you don't want to end up being like uh, Martin Sheen on Apocalypse Now, where you have a heart attack because he didn't realize Emilio Estevez was oh, oh Martin no. Sheen's son. Yeah, like wait, and <laughs> and so it became like a huge thing, and like the guy almost got fired off set, and he was like he completely oh, apologized, gosh. and apparently it had been you know you watch like the behind the scenes, and it it haunted that guy for years until he actually guest starred on an episode of the West Wing and mentioned the story to Martin Sheen who thought it was he thought it was the funniest thing in the uh, world I mean it, it haunted that guy for decades so... and it turned out Martin Sheen just thought it was hilarious yeah oh I love that behind the scenes stuff um, mm-hmm. do any of these people date yeah so don't worry there's a whole there's a whole yeah. document oh uh, we'll see because now we already talked about this you know Breakfast Club leads into the you know the Brat Pack of 1985 where you get into the, that whole group of, you know, teenage or young 20s actors. Because the only ones who are actually teenagers in the movie are Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall. Everybody else is in really? their, like, 20s. Yeah, Judd Nelson's actually 26. Like, Ali Sheedy and Emilio Estevez are, like, 23. That's like, so yeah, funny. I mean, it, 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 it's like Grease in that sense, where you're like, why are these 30-year-olds talking about high school? That's um, so when you funny. Because... This movie, this movie came out in 1985, which is the same time that St. Elmo's Fire came out, which is another 
you know, great uh, ensemble cast in the same way. But in that movie was Judd Nelson and Ali Sheedy, Ali Sheedy and Emilio Estevez, and they all played people who had just graduated from Georgetown University. So in oh the same year, they put out a movie that said, I'm in high school and I just graduated from college. <laughs> it is so funny to, to, to do those type of things. I think that it, it ruins... Um, okay, this is going to get kind of personal. Um, it, it was a big deal. My, my family um, really liked the show O.C., and oh, yes. OC. Mm-hmm. and and they're all in their like early 20s mid 20s by the end of the show they're almost 30 yeah except for um the main character misha barton she, i think she was an actual teenager when that show was happening but i think it sets an odd unrealistic expectation of what high schoolers are supposed to look like and or act I like i agree and, yes. or, and uh so it's funny but if i i'm sure if i when i watch this movie, i'm gonna look at look at it and be like what are they 12 years old they, yeah, oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. under thirty is twelve in my eyes. At this this is point. twelve. So, yes, pretty much. No. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, it's so funny. I, well, now all I want in the whole world is this document in front of me. I'm I'm so excited <laughs> for it. And I've already planned. I'm going to send you the document so you can't read it. You'll have to open it up and print it out afterwards. <laughs> You know, so it's not just the email. It's going to be like its own separate Word document, so you can open it. You know, after the movie, and you can you can look at a lot of it because you know you look at. I mean, I've watched plenty of behind the scenes things. You know, additional uh-huh. features on all the various DVDs and laser discs and Blu-rays I've had of this movie throughout the decades. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that went on because then I mean you start getting into the whole movie itself when uh, John Hughes planned it was supposed to be like a series of movies and he was actually going to follow them every 10 years and do another movie as like this really? is where they are at that point but apparently oh. Judd Nelson Judd Nelson was so bad and so mean to everybody on the set because he stayed in character the whole time that John Hughes said he's never going to work with this guy again and so they never made any more of these movies wow well it just mm-hmm. it could have been it could have been so much been more <laughs> so I mean, much more I mean this so is a more. huge, huge blind spot um, in terms of pop culture for me, um, especially being born in the 80s. Uh, so I don't know how it escaped, but hey, you you did it. You're, you're going to do it. Okay, so <laughs> what, I re- what I would really, really like to have happen is mm-hmm. I want to watch the movie, and then I want you to send it, to send this to me, and then so I can read it on the response episode. Your, your oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. I, yes. I, that would be that would be so good to kind of go over it for everybody else that's listening to. Oh man, well I'm beyond excited to watch this movie. Oh my god, <laughs> good, good. Then I've um, done my job. What's it? What's is it on? Is it on any of the streaming services, or uh, will I have to to purchase it? Which I am fine doing. Um, because yeah, you uh, that's from just looking because I'm actually watching it right now on my TV behind my laptop. <laughs> You're um, kidding me. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, it's on. If we were on camera, I would show it to you right now. They're having the, oh the group therapy session where they're all talking about why they're there. You're um, the best, man. But, this is awesome. <laughs> um, I looked and to see, you do have to purchase it, but it appears the best is you can get the 48 hour rental from Apple, like on Apple TV, for like $2.99. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, well, there you, you have it for you. You have two weeks to watch it, but then you have, once you start play, you have 48 hours to finish it. So. I think that'll that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try and watch this. It hasn't happened in decades. I think I might try and watch this with my dad. And Ooh. Since, 
I mean, and, me and him and are already I, best friends, so... Yeah, I haven't <laughs> watched a movie with my dad that wasn't... I, I don't remember the last time I watched a movie with my dad, uh, which is so funny. Not that This is not to say they don't interact with my dad. I interact with my dad on almost a daily basis. But like, right, right. I don't, don't remember the last time I've just watched a movie with him. That's so interesting. So I might try and... This might get him to... to, to plop himself down next to me that's this interesting hmm i'm gonna See, try this, that out this is, the, this is the whole thing we're bringing families together we're opening up your <laughs> pop cultural black holes this is great that's so good man. uh well this episode may be coming to an end but the work is just beginning uh craig has given us the script uh for a great week and for the response edition of this episode i'll be spending uh this week taking as much of Craig's advice as I can fit in, and then I'll report back to you in the aforementioned response episode next week with Elise. Now, in the meantime, I hope you'll try his advice too, or if you can add more to the conversation with your own expertise, uh, please do. Um, like, if you've, if this is one of your favorite movies, one of your favorite scenes, anything like that, you know, we love hearing about that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at like two. That's the number two. Like two like things. You can also leave a message on the like line at 661-279-0130 or via email at I like to like things podcast at gmail.com. I'll play any of the uh, like line messages on the response episode or read any messages if they're positive. We say this almost every episode. We want to uh, engender a positive outlook on life. So if this is not a movie that you're a fan of, I don't want to hear about that. I just want to hear why you like it or how I can like it more because, you know, that's that's kind of our whole thing. Uh, uh, you can also support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash I like to like things. We can join people like Gerald, Glindo, Paul, Jay, Dave, Paris, Morgan, Tony, and others. Uh, now, uh, Craig, where can people find you on social media? Um, well, you can find us on pretty much all the podcasting apps, just T3 Podcast Network. Uh, we're on Twitter at T3 Network, the letter T, the number three network. We're on, you know, the, the Facebook, Instagram, we're even on TikTok, because apparently that's where all the kids are these days. So we got ourselves a T3 Network TikTok. Um, we have a hotline, too, that you can call. That's 202-556-4433. You can get on there, leave us voicemails, voicemails, all that sort of stuff, and we like to play them on our show. But like I said, even if you don't like wrestling, you know, listen to it just because we try and make it fun. We make it interesting just at least explaining the storylines, talking about whether they're intelligent or they need to be a little bit better. And it's just three donkeys basically sitting around talking about wrestling most of the time and a bunch of other fun episodes that we, whenever we feel like it. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have a belt that you pass around to each other? I, I, I love, I'm a we, sucker for a good championship belt. Oh, oh, we do. We have a whole pick'em challenge that if you get into wrestling, you might be able to do where different podcasts and different fans that have come on to us, we actually do for every pay-per-view, a, like a pick'em, and whoever has the most points at the end of our season gets a belt that has now so far gone to Ireland, it's been in Baltimore, it's been in California, and it's currently being held by one of our host's sons, who actually beat, you know, the three grown men who host a show about wrestling, and he beat us in the last season, so he's currently holding the belt now, so... You know, if you if you want to get into this and you really get into it, we can totally have you be part of it. You know what? It's 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 my experience when it turns when it's in terms of like sports guessing, the person who has the least amount of knowledge always wins. Always, 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 always wins. That's why we've lost to a thirteen-year-old. Yep. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I'm a big. This is the first year that I haven't done fantasy sports just because of the craziness that is fantasy sports right now. 
And uh, I, I am highly knowledgeable. I pay attention. I watch most of the games. Um, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, like these, these games are usually on. I listen to off-season reports. I watch movies. I mean, excuse me, TV shows about fantasy. And um, the, I have come in either last or close to dead last, um, except for like two of the seasons. It, 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 it's it's sad. So anyway, <laughs> I so maybe this is the one that like with me with my limited knowledge I'll win just because like I I don't I don't um, I'm not as invested. So that's that's usually oh, the way it I, I mean that's that's very possible because as I said over 300 episodes I have yet to hold any belt yeah, and I host and the a... show and run the show and post the show and watch yeah. everything that's wrestling and yet somehow I'll still always get it wrong. I ain't that ain't that how it works, huh? <laughs> oh man! Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited. You got me, you got me really stoked for this one, man. I, I really appreciate it. It's so good to meet a new friend. This is great. I love it. I had a I had a blast. I had a blast, and I can't wait for the response episode now. <laughs> me me too, because I I get that I get that paper. <laughs> I love information. I need input. <laughs> need. Need <laughs> input. Input. Need input. Chrissy Five needs input. <laughs> uh, but I will see you all next week when the mission's accomplished. And remember, we can make the world a little brighter, a little friendlier, and a little more enjoyable by liking a few more things. <laughs>